0: Well, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. Praise the Lord, people of God, saints of God, prayer wars, intercessors, great men and women of God, believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. Say the faithful one called, die, consecrated, separated by his purpose this morning, amen. For his divine, sacred purpose this morning to be witnesses in the earth shining in the darkness amen so just like to welcome all of you on this friday morning april the 8th 2022 another day that we get to rise early and seek after the face of god seek his will his purpose his plan to learn some revelations about him things that were written for our learning that we may know that we have salvation we have eternal life in the Lord Jesus Christ, no other way, amen, but through Jesus. And so it's wonderful that this was written, These, these this volume of the book, these these uh, uh, chapters all the way from Genesis to Revelation, for our learning that we may have an intimate knowledge and wisdom of Jesus Christ and understand his plan from the beginning to the end, what we heard, what we learned from the beginning, amen. And so we thank the Lord for the opportunity this morning to come before you and just share uh, his word with you this morning amen just continue to pray and lift up uh you know pastor eric amen as he's going to get himself checked out there amen and so our prayers go with him but it's an honor this morning i greet you on the behalf of pastor sharon and i amen this morning you've got praise for you all this morning thinking it not robbie amen to join together with us this morning and so again this is pastor lester hayes i'll be teaching this morning the revelations of our lord and savior jesus christ and uh, you know we've been under this Cloud here in the first book of John, uh, chapter three, uh, we've been dealing with verse eighteen, which is so compact with so much in this verse. When you read it, it don't seem like a lot because it really only have like one precept there. Like I put in parentheses, A, U, that I see A, B, C, and D. But this particular verse have so much packed in that one precept uh, that we've been toying with and dealing with and exploring it and opening it up because this is what the revelations are about. It's about what is being revealed and, and packed in that one verse. It's so much packed in one word sometimes, but sometimes it expands and it's so much packed in that verse and verses before it and verses after. And that's why I like to teach book upon book, chapter upon chapter, verse upon verse and line upon line, precept upon precept uh, because this is what revelations are about. What is being revealed right before my eyes when I look at it? What is really there? What all is he saying? What are some of the references? Where does it apply in other places? Amen. Because as we read the scriptures, we will see sometimes that there are people who are referencing scriptures that are words that were said when jesus was on earth or by some prophet before them and a lot of times they reference that because we have to teach what is written before for us now and later sometimes you know and so it's all packed in right there because there's nothing new under the sun what he's saying now he's already said what he's going to say tomorrow he's saying now you know, and so we just have to stay with it, Amen, and milk it and get everything out of there. So we under this uh, this subject matter of proving to, to that we really love God, and we've been taking these six different tests that the Scripture reveals to us to prove, according to what's written in the Word, not what we say. We can say a lot of things, but is it documented? I always challenge myself when I say things, and I got to go look and see if there's a Scripture that backs me up. <clears throat> and because when that happens, when I see that. I don't matter what people think about me or what they say or didn't understand. I know that what I said was documented because the word bears record. It used to feel the same way because sometimes uh, people hear things for the first time and they they don't go read the scriptures because sometimes people don't give them the scriptures. They don't give them the reference. And so they have every right not to believe you. And this is why we teach and we stand firm on this standard is that we give you book verse. Chap, chapter and verses verse or verses and we tell you the trans the, the the translation that we got it from most of the king James bible for us you know that way you can go do your own little, little search and research and verify what we be saying to you i don't want you to take my word for nothing i say and i record everything i say so that if you have accused me inaccurately i can always go back to the word and if you're right I'll let you know you're right. I love to be corrected when I'm wrong. That's what it's all about because iron sharpens iron. And so I ain't in no competition with nobody, you know. I'm just doing what i believe god has called me to do and so we've been speaking under this particular test number four by having a clean heart in the book of first john chapter uh, three verse 18 and i read this verse and then we're going to do a little bit of a review from what we already hit on and then we're going to get into where we're going today for a few minutes and it says verse 18 says and my little children let us not love in word, neither in tongue. Now, I like this. He said, let us. So he's including himself. That's one thing I love about the Lord. He is always the first partaker of what his father gave him to come and give to us. We should always feel that way, too. And we're delivering a message or something to people. We should always think in terms of us and we, you know, not y'all and, and, and you. You know, a lot of times people exclude themselves because they think they're already in heaven and you're the one that's got to get there. So they talk in terms of you and y'all, not we and us. And so I love how the language here says, "My little children," he's taking ownership of us right there. He's saying, "You belong to me, whether you you've confessed in, it, in me and received me as your Lord and Savior anyway." You know, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Okay, so that deed is that corresponding action that backs up and proves who you say you are. Remember, we're talking about proving that we love him based on what's written. And he said to do that, you got to have some deeds that say that. You got to have some corresponding action to say that. And then it's got to be based on truth. It's got to be supported by a stand on truth. Because there are those out there who are forever learning, but they never come into the knowledge of the truth. They're doing a lot of good works, thinking that good works going to save you. But cause of the book of Titus, chapter 3, verses 3 through 5, the King James Bible, hey, we're not saved by Works of righteousness are we saved, but we're saved by a gift from God, you know, we salvation, eternal life through Jesus Christ, death, building, and resurrection. And so, he says, you know, th- what this really means is a clean heart is produced by loving with actions, not just word only. And we talked about, you know, uh. Religion being false and empty, having empty professions, you know, just talking loud, saying, you know, stuff the Bible calls it in the book of Corinthians you know, uh, sounding and brass and tinkling cymbals. You're just talking loud, saying a lot of stuff, but just making a lot of noise because there's no substance behind it. You never give a scripture, a reference of where you got it from. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people out there like that. They think because I amp up the volume, I raise my voice and elevation in my tone and all of that, and ha, and the Holy Ghost, and all that, and you know, and, and you know, they think that that's, that's, you know, that's that got some substance to it. No, it's got a lot of zeal. It's got a lot of noise. A lot of emotion, but it's a false, empty profession, you know, because it ain't based on no substance. God's going to honor his word when it goes out. You know, a preachers supposed to give the word so people can believe the word when they hear it and they can believe, you know faith cometh by hearing. And then we talked about the false religion of legalism, okay, and I gave you a verse of scripture as we as we transition on legalism, and it was Paul uh, out of the book of Galatians chapter 1 verse 14 of King James Bible, he said, and profited in the Jews religion above many my equal in my own nation being more exceedingly zealous, that, that word is, of the tradition of my fathers. In other words, there was a point in Paul's life like in our lives, sometimes the tradition of what we learned from our fathers you know those those I grew up in a southern baptist church and I thought that was gospel mm-hmm. until I got old enough to realize that they took me for they could take me but they couldn't take me where they never been they taught us what they had learned but they couldn't teach us what they never learned they gave us what they had received but they could not give us what they had not received but they gave us enough to get us started, okay? And then we went out and we added more to what they had given us. And in, in the process, we found out a lot of it was based on the traditions of our fathers, of our, of our parents, of our ancestors. And God, you know, God introduced us to the truth. And we got freed by it, and now here we are. And so Paul is saying, "I was like that. He said, I went to school, I learned in the, in, in, in the different universities. I, I, you know I'm, I, I lived as a Pharisee, I lived as a Sadducee. Paul said, "I've seen mm-hmm. it from both ends of it. You know I was educated in it. And with all that education I had, I ended up going out and arresting people who were defending the truth, who was confessing mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. And Paul said, "That wasn't right. And I didn't realize how wrong it was until I met Jesus on the road to Damascus. And he opened my eyes, told me I was persecuting him, kicking against the prey. And Paul said, so now I had an encounter with the truth. And my deeds changed, my life changed, my ministry changed, my conversation changed. That's what the truth would do. It'll make you free. And if the sun sets you free, you'll be free indeed. So who better to make this case about legalism than Paul? You know, And then he goes on. We talked about yesterday a religion, false religion, the sanctimonious part of it. And we gave you some definitions about what sanctimony means. Uh, one of the definitions I found that talked about is obsolete holiness. Obsolete means outdated. If you you know, they were sanctimonious and ceremonial back then, before Jesus came and instituted grace, the dispensation of grace. We are under grace now. We no longer now because He fulfilled the law. We no longer now we 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 are we are subject to the law. We appreciate the law, okay. But it's no longer legalism. It's no longer trying to tell you better do this and you better do that. You know, and that's what a lot of people do. We need to go back to the Old Testament. We need, well, you know, if you, if you try to separate the two, you've already failed, because you can't. In the Old Testament, everything was kind of concealed, and only those who really sought after him was the mysteries revealed to them. Basically, the major prophets, the minor prophets who spoke and warned on his behalf, and some of those prophecies have been fulfilled, they're being fulfilled, and they're yet going to be fulfilled. So there is there is there is no need for a prophet today to to come and start telling us all this stuff because we have all these major prophets and these minor prophets who prophesied, gave messianic prophecies, some were fulfilled in Jesus Christ, some are yet to be fulfilled, you know, and so all these people coming out with all these deep revelations they get from the Lord and they got no documentation it's false it's a system of false religion, it's false religion, you know, which leaves you with some obsolete holiness affected or some hypocritical holiness okay it's contaminated it's affected with, with, with contamination abominations it leads you away from god and then we said that a, a sanctimonious person is we gave you a definition that that involves making a big show about how you are better or morally superior to others an example of that that person is someone who always goes on and on about how he or she does all this great work charity work and you know they're such a great person because somebody patted him on the back and so one of the 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 things we learned about that legalism uh... I give you one scripture was it says and the Pharisees said unto him behold why do they on the Sabbath day that which is not lawful right there you know and and it's in the book of Mark chapter 2 verse 24 the King James Bible so you see it right there you know the Lord is the God of the Sabbath and so whatever God decides to do seven days a week there's nobody should question it and so if we in Christ and Christ in us whatever he motivates us to do on whatever day it is Because he's the Lord of the Sabbath you know. And some folks get caught up in the day The holidays, the holy days They place more emphasis on the days And that's what he said in the word About us and our holidays and our holy days you know. And if we're not going to keep all of them With the right attitude and the right approach We shouldn't try to keep any of them Because it brings division That's why Jesus came to fulfill all of that So that we wouldn't be burdened by To let nobody burden us by You know Saying that, hey, a day of rest is more important than the God of the day, which is the rest. See, there's a rest that, 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 that's coming and it's in Jesus Christ. You know, There's another rest that's coming when he comes back in his final second resurrection, where he will give us eternal rest. And this is what we're working toward right now. And we have to rest our minds. We have to rest our spirits. We have to rest ourselves from worrying about uh, legalism. You know, trying to please God by keeping a day, not trying to do certain things on the day. If you think about when that when that those commandments were given, they were given to God's people who had just been released from bondage. And they were going out into a promised land that he had promised them without any direction, any guidance. They done been under Pharaoh's strong arm rule system of idolatry. They had been indoctrinated with worshiping his gods, golden calves and all that stuff, images and all that. And God wasn't pleased with that because the whole premise for him telling Moses to go 10 times and tell Pharaoh to let his people go was so that they could go and worship him, the true and the living God. Okay. And they, And when they left, they came out of Egypt, they went forward, God showed them miracle after miracle, parted the sea, drowned 10,000 choice chariots, and that still wasn't enough to convince them. As soon as they got out of that divided sea and it collapsed and killed all them chariots, Pharaoh back on the other side recognized God more than God's people. Because he realized the God of Moses is a real God. He just saw his power demonstrated. On the, on the other side, where they had just departed from, they're on the, on the other side delivered from him, all his church, and, they, and they're still doubting God. And before they would go a step further, Pastor Sharon, the Lord summoned Moses to come back up to the mountain. He was not going to trust them going into the promised land now with their minds still back in Egypt. Their spirit's still back in Egypt, worrying about what they had left behind. And that was proved out and brought to bear when Moses went up to the mountain to get the tablets, to get the laws. They went right back to doing what they were accustomed to do. Yeah. You know, legalism, sanctimonialism, ceremonialism. Took up all the gold, melted it down, built a calf, and started worshiping it, started partying. Moses ain't coming back. He done left us. We wish we were back in Egypt, buying them cucumbers and, and, and all that stuff. And they felt like now this is what we should do. We should should be be sanctimonious. We should go back to our obsolete practice of worship. Be hypocritical. Why did you come out of Egypt then if you're not going to enjoy your freedom? You know. And you had the spirit of Korah was there. You had had about, I think the scripture said about 3,500 people that was against Moses from the get-go. And they, they influenced the people Miriam and, and, and Aaron They gave in to them They were pressured Fear got hold of them And they said Okay yeah 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 Moses told them to make sure That they kept the, the people orderly You know Don't let nobody right. All of a sudden Here come the spirit of Korah Got into some people man And now they said Moses is gone we, 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 He shouldn't have not have Bought us out here to perish We're going to die Let's build us a calf and worship it You know Instituting these systems now Of sanctimonialism You know Didn't work then it's not going to work now, and it was based on the law, you know, or the misinterpretation of the law, or the misimplication of the law, or the, or, or the you know, the, 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 how they enforced the law. They just created stuff. They just went with whatever they thought in their minds, and see, that's now moves into the next topic that we're going to talk about, which is hypocrisy, okay? That's the other part of false religion. So, we've talked about the false profession. We've talked about the legalism. We talked about trying to obtain salvation by doing works, you know, and, and, and maintaining the tradition of our fathers. We talked about uh, a little bit about hypocrisy the other day. So, we're going to get into this discussion today about hypocrisy, another realm of false religion. And so, hypocrisy, being a, being a noun, because uh, it's a thing uh it is the practice of claiming to have moral standards or beliefs to which one's own behavior does not conform it's like a pretense which is what which is another form of sanctimonialism okay uh when you're dealing with a a person of hypocrisy uh it's a person who puts on a false appearance of virtue or some type of religion you know they act very sanctimonious they they Tab the church with, with dancing and praising and shouting, I shout anybody in the church when they're in the church. But when they get out into the marketplace, they ready to go to war with somebody. If they cut up if they cut them off, they cussing somebody, cut them off in the trap, they cussing them out, shooting them a bird, and doing all kind of stuff. It's a person who acts in contradiction to his or her stated beliefs or feelings. You know? And and it's uh it, a good example of that is, you know, um, the the actions that people take sometimes uh, when they are away from the church, the the the, the four, inside the four walls, you know, you got the brokenness around the altar, the crying. Uh, you'll see them every Sunday coming to the altar when the altar call is, is is extended. They're the ones who are first up there every Sunday with the same problem getting prayed for every Sunday. So they don't they don't they're they're so hypocritical because they need to be delivered from being delivered from being from 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 hypocrisy you know talk about deliverance but never get delivered and they get into this routine just every 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 time that there's prayer around somebody call for prayer they up there and a lot of time when you talk to them afterwards they're saying they wanted to get a word from the lord well if you sat there through the whole service and the word went forward you did get a word from the Lord. And most time, people want more word, but it's just it's like a it's like a phase they go through. They think that sounds really deep to tell somebody they need a word. They ain't did nothing with all the words you done got before, all the sermons you done heard before. Haven't applied none of it. That's kind of an act of hypocrisy. And so let's look at an example here. The definition of a hypocrite is a person who pretends to have certain beliefs attitudes or feelings when they really do not, you know. An example of a, of a hypocrite is a person who says they care about the environment but are constantly littering. And I use an example the other day about driving down the road when you left church and you went to Popeye's and got your chicken box, and as soon as you got through eating it, you just threw it out the window. Just threw it out the window. I, I have been behind cars and seen people do that. And I would say to myself, I wonder if that's a Christian. I wonder if that's a good person. You know, you form all kind of opinions. And people do it all the time. And some of them do it after they done been to church. They don't want, they don't want the trash in their car, so they just throw it out to so they put it into a rest area or take in a trash bag and stop somewhere and put it in trash. No, they don't have time for that. And yes, church folks are guilty. Yes. You know, you know. Um, let's, let me give you about four examples here of what I found out about hypocrisy, types of hypocrisy. They, uh, hypocrites, are identified from these four forms right here, just to get us kind of, our minds kind of focusing on this 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 system of false religion, uh form of hypocrisy that should emerge in perception of self and others, other hypocrisy. So we can't exclude ourselves. These four these four de- definitions I'm going to give you now, we want to be first particular because when I first read this, I I had to examine myself. I'm not going to release this to you without first examining myself. And I was praying and asking God when I first read this last night, when I looked up these, kind of looked up some of these, I asked them to search me. I didn't say, if you find. I said, any of these you find in me, God. I release them, I order them out of my life and I ask you to cleanse me in that area and replace Mm -hmm. it with genuine, real, true, you know, truth. you know and wisdom, you know, in my in my inner parts, and truth in my innermost being, like David prayed. And here's what it said. These these are four forms I want you to understand. One is inconsistency. You know, that's that's the first mm-hmm. one of the first initial baby steps of hypocrisy. Someone who is inconsistent. Every time you, they keep changing. They keep changing. They very they can't stay the course on nothing. They got to jump all over the place. Inconsistent get bored real easy, you know. And I had to examine myself because we've been teaching the revelations of Jesus Christ for a while. And I know there's probably some people probably tired of it. They want something else. They want to know about houses and cars. They want to know about this. They want to know about how to get this. They want to know about how to get some more money, all that stuff. See, nobody has to tell me that's there, but I'm going by what the scripture says, inconsistency, pretense. You know, a lot of false pretense out there saying something that you like or it sounds good but really at the end of the day you said it but you really don't believe it's going to happen. It's a false pretense. There's a lot of people quote a lot of scripture but they don't really believe all that they quote going to happen. They've gotten into this sanctimonious stuff. They think it's some magic attached to it Pastor Sharon. Mm. <coughs> no but see before I give a scripture I got to see if I really believe that scripture going to work for me. I remember when we were going through COVID. All them scriptures I had remembered about healing, I had a whole list of them I've been praying. And I heard the Lord say, fight for what you already have. That's right. And where he directed me to was my list of healing scriptures. Yes. And I took them scriptures and I went to war with them because those are our weapons. And we still here today. We got healed from COVID because we fought for what we already had. What do we already have? With this strife we will heal. Mm. sent his word Jesus to be our healer he didn't say Jesus was coming to heal you he said he had already came and healed me and I used it I fought with that and he said I'm not the one trying to kill you Satan your adversary he's the one going about trying to kill us to destroy you I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly but you got to fight for what you have and we teach that we fight from the position of victory not for the victory Because we already have the victory to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So there's no pretense there. There's no no need to worry about it once you release that that promise out of your mouth. It ain't coming back boy, because it's God's word. It's going to do what he pleases in the purpose which he sent it. He said, I sent my word, according to the book of Psalms, chapter 107, verse 20, King James Bible, to heal your disease and rescue you from destruction, from death. Mm. So there's no pretense there. Then the other uh, form of hypocrisy is blame. You never take no responsibility, Pastor Sharon, accountable for nothing. Everything is somebody else's fault. you know, blame blaming. We got a lot of blame going on right now in this country. Supposed to be a Christian nation, but everybody pointing their finger. Republican blaming Democrat, Democrat blaming Republican. It's all over the place. So much blame. Governors blaming president. Uh, you know, presidents blaming the other presidents. You just got blame, blame, blame. You got countries right now. You know propaganda, they blaming them for this, killing people, innocent people all in the streets, you're seeing folks killing people, you're seeing them t- killing civilian folk, bombing hospitals, and they pointing the finger and blaming somebody else. It seemed to be very popular to point fingers and blame people. Jesus, Jesus, And ignore the two by four in my eye, but you're going to point out the, 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 the toothpick in somebody else's eye. Got all kinds of mess around your door, but you're trying to tell somebody else to sweep up the mess around their door. You know, see, that's that's blame. That's playing the blame game. And there's a lot of that goes on. And number four, the fourth form of hypocrisy is this, complacency. You know, we, we, we just, people all over the place, complacency. To give you another good example, and I'll tie it to the church. People say they're looking for a church. They pray to God, and they say, God led me here. And they come to the church, and they're there for a couple of days, and all of a sudden, they get bold. And they got zeal on them and they throw their hands up and you can be preaching, they don't care. They throw their hands up and say, God gave them a word. Now you supposed to just stop and let them give a word. And you that tells you right there, they so they so complacent, they ain't heard nothing you said. And next thing you know, well, you know, I, I know I said the Lord led me here, but but he telling me now I need to go somewhere And they pick up and they go to another church, and then they go to another church, and they go to another church, and they go to another church. They're so complacent. And then seven months later, a year later, here they come back and say, well, Lord, send me back over here. so this is where I should have been to start with. Complacency. Disgruntled, you know, an unsettled spirit just all over the place. You know, Proverbs say it's a double-minded man and they become unstable in all their ways. That's a good example of complacency. Just, just nothing satisfies you. You just can't stay nowhere long enough to learn nothing. You ain't going to sit under no authority because you think you're supposed to be an authority. So complacent, you know, but it's hypocrisy. You know, it's a form of hypocrisy. Uh, Now, let's look at a biblical definition of hypocrisy. Then I'll give you some reference scriptures and get you out of here. It says uh, a biblical definition of hypocrisy is, is this, a pretense of having a virtuous character, moral or religious belief or principles that one does not really possess. It's a pretense of having some desirable or publicly approved attitude. And you don't, it's like you fake it. You go through the motions. A lot of folks have learned how to act like a Christian, but not really be a Christian and live like a Christian. It's like a learned behavior, you know. You know, people people study sometimes to be able to act the part. Instead of being the part. I mean, it took me a long time when I got saved to understand how the new birth works in my life. How, How does me being converted? How is it supposed to be? How is it supposed to manifest in my life? And I remember one day I was struggling because I was reading the Bible. I had read through it once. I loved to read it back then. I mean, I was hungry for it. I was thirsty for it. But I had no idea what it really was doing to me what kind of effect it was having on me and one day I was reading and I got to this chapter in the Bible and I didn't understand what I was reading because of the words you know and I was like trying to figure out is this talking to me was it talking to them you know how does this apply to me and I didn't have no answers and I remember hearing the Lord tell me instead of getting frustrated just close the Bible and lay it down on the chair I was in my kitchen right there in Stafford, Virginia I did exactly what he told me Mm. and see I'm not going to try to I'm not a person trying to convince nobody that I heard God because you, you get into a whole debate how you know that we're God and all that I've been through all that but I know his voice when he speak to me because mm-hmm. I had spent that kind of time with him and his voice never changed so I knew if it was always that same voice it was God and I've heard other voices but see I was able to distinguish now because i become very familiar with his voice and the scripture had taught me that his sheep would know his voice And another voice they won't follow so I knew that was God I had to follow that voice so I closed that Bible laid it down and he told me to stand up and I stood up and he told me to take my eyes off the Bible clear my mind of anything and just listen and what I heard was this it was like telling me your problem is you are reading the Bible for the wrong reason your motive is wrong you're looking for something that's not there you're looking for something in there to be wrong so that you can feel right. Thinking that it's not the Bible, and it's not you, but it's the Bible. Because I wasn't understanding it. I wasn't comprehending it. So I was trying to make the Bible change for me. When the Bible is supposed to change me mm. to fit the Bible. And, I, and I'm like, wow, I never thought about that. And so. I, had, I was working on this plan where I had said, I'm going to read through the Bible in one year, three times. That was, that was my goal, thinking that it's some magic going to happen. Wrong motive, wrong approach. And I remember Lord telling me that. And he said, you have to approach the Bible by believing that every word in there, before you ever read it, is true. From Genesis to Revelation. And you the first response came out of my mouth, but I haven't read it yet. That's what I'm trying to do, Lord. It was senseless for me to go against the instruction that God was giving me in real time. I and mean, I, was, I was ignorant by then, I didn't know this. But I, it was just hard for me because I was like, I was holding on to the fact, Pastor Sharon, that I hadn't read it yet, yeah. so I can't agree with that. You know, In my own mind, I wasn't gonna tell God I wasn't gonna agree, but it was hard for me. But see, it was he was introducing to me the principle of faith, walking by faith and not by sight, trusting him. Didn't I save you? Haven't I bought you this far? Did I get you? Did you tell me to get you out of Berlin? And yeah, you did everything I asked God to do at that point. He yeah, I did. So why am I going to start now not stop trusting him? And I said, OK, Lord, I give up. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to do what you told me to do. And I'm having this conversation right there in my kitchen with the Lord. And he told me now, pick up the Bible and open the Bible anywhere you want to and just start to read. Show me a miracle see after you accept doing the god's way god will add all these other things to you he'll add understanding here because i prayed and asked him i heard, heard people say ask god for wisdom if you like wisdom he'll give it to your liberty and on all you're getting good understanding and when they taught that in the church there i was ask god for wisdom and i opened that bible and i started reading and i was laughing in a few minutes because the same scriptures that I had read before that I didn't understand, now it was like a light went off. And it was like understanding came just like that, and I knew what I was reading. And that became my approach to the Word every time. I've been doing that ever since. Talk to God before I open up the reading and ask Him for that wisdom. Ask Him for that understanding. Lord, Lord show me, God, what I'm supposed to see. Sometimes He gives me things in the night that I write it down, and I'll pick my phone and I'll Google it and try to see if there's scripture documented. And anytime God gives me something, he authenticated by giving me the word where it's documented. If I can't find where it's documented, I don't believe it's from God. So I don't spend no time trying to find out what that was. Because if it ain't documented, it ain't going to do me no good. And so that's what we're talking about there, you know, possessing, you know, something that you really don't possess. You've trained yourself to sound sanctimonious, to sound like, you know. You know, and sometimes people just pile up a bunch of scriptures to make it seem like they do know, but don't have no clue what the scriptures are talking about. Take it all out of context, you know. And so let's get some scriptures here. We got a few more minutes here to kind of like bring this point home. Now remember, we're talking about hypocrisy. Now we talked about false confessions, legalism, sanctimonialism. Now we're gonna, and all these are under the umbrella now of false religion. I'm trying to help you to see what it looks like, because if you haven't encountered it, we're going to encounter, it, because it's out there. It's in the pulpits, you know. It's in Sunday school. It's in Bible study. It's out there. It's in the mouth of a lot of people out there who pretending to be something that they're not. And they'll blame you if you question them because you're reading the Word and they're not. They're not going to take any responsibility. They're going to continue to pretend that they're somebody. I'm, I'm in charge. I'm the bishop. I'm the apostle. I'm the pastor. I'm the minister. You know, who are you? You don't have no title. Who are they and you? That kind of stuff. Instead of, you know, saying, hey, I'm empty. I, I, need, I, need to learn, I need to learn what it is I'm teaching you. I need to be first partaker. I need to make sure what I'm telling you, I understand what I'm telling you. Because the way it affects you, okay, has a lot to do with the way I'm delivering it. And so let's get to the scripture here. It says, now, in the book of Matthew, chapter 23, verse 28 of King James Bible, it says... Even so, ye also outwardly appear righteous unto men. But within, ye are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. And that's a very powerful verse of scripture. It's, it is so clear of everything that we just said, compacted in that verse. Even so, ye also outwardly appear righteous unto men. Notice what it's saying, unto men. See, it don't get by God. It's easy to get stuff by men. You, you can lie to them all day long. You can appear to be something that you're not. You can come up and... I remember so many people used to come and join the church just long enough to pretend that they was oh sent there by God. And after so long, they're attending Bible Bible. They come into prayer and all of this, just sitting there like a turtle on a log, quiet, like they under the authority. And all of a sudden, oh, Pastor, can I just ask, ask you and Pastor Sharon? Yeah, what's up? Pull out this old nice, laminated card and show it to your man beautiful card you know spent some nice piece of money to get those cards made and it's a card with them on there as minister so-and-so ordained you know 12-month ordination at another church and want to know do y'all accept ordination from other churches and i say, well no you gotta sit up underneath this leadership in there and see if you really can receive from us and i'm not trying to be difficult that's just how we operate you know, because I'm saying, well, if you got that beautiful, nice car from, why didn't you stay at that church? It's, it's, still, it's still active. You can bring it over here and give it, presented to us for us to ordain you and turn you loose to speak into the lives of the people that we've been working with. Oh, no, don't work like that. Pretending to be somebody that you're not. And they thought that impressive car was just going to snow past the chair and I blew us away. And we said, oh, that is a beautiful. No, 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 no. We look through that stuff. We, we discern that stuff. And then after they didn't, they didn't get a chance to you know, get on the staff and get in the pulpit and the platform and speak, shortly after that, you didn't have to say nothing. You just had to keep teaching the word. They left. You know, God pruned them, cut them right on off, you know, you, you know, because they had that outward appearance of righteousness and they thought they would come in there and appear to us being men and women of God and we would be impressed by it. But within, he said, you are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. Need I say more. See the scripture the scripture will be the doctrine that you should use to answer those type of situations. Because it'll reprove, it'll show you what's what's wrong. That outward appearance. They're trying to appear appear in, into us, you know, manipulating and exploit their way. Pretend, mm. you know. Mm. You know, that they're somebody that they're not. And we're supposed to fall for it. And some people do. So full of hypocrisy and iniquity, you know. And he says, you know, but you're full of it, you know. And he goes on to say in the book of Luke, chapter 12, verse 1 of the King James Bible, now we're still thinking about hypocrisy now. We don't move from, from false confessions and, you know, legalism and sanctimonialism, and now we're looking at hypocrisy from what the Scripture says about it. Not what I say about it, but from the Scripture. In the meantime, when there were gathered together an innumerable multitude of people, insomuch that they trolled one upon another, he began to say unto his disciples, first of all, beware ye of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Now notice what he said, trolled on one another. I can just picture you got the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the elders, the scribes, and you got the common people. And because they sat in these high seats, they just walked all over what these people thought. Mm, mm, mm. It didn't matter what they thought. Who are you? You know, same thing they did to Jesus. Same, now you're looking for the Messiah to come and Jesus comes and tells you he's the Messiah sent from God. And you're going to walk all over that. Abraham is our father. Moses is our father. You know, we under the law. Who are you? You're a blasphemer. See that's what it means They're just trolling all over the truth Trolling all over Jesus' message All the people who believed in Jesus All the people that Jesus had healed They're coming to them and telling them All I know is I was blind but now I see mm-hmm. All I know I was on a bed of affliction And he touched me and I got up and rolled up my bed And told me to go and sin no more And show myself to the priest at the church That's all I know all... And they're getting on these people saying You mean it? you think that they you know more than us mm-hmm. See that's a good example of hypocrisy and Jesus was simply telling them, well, okay, which one of these miracles that you don't, you don't believe? I'm, nobody can do these miracles but a person sent from God. So which one of these miracles that causing you to doubt me being who I say I am? All right, yeah. See, that's hypocrisy. Because they wanted to pretend to be the ones who were smarter than God, smarter than Jesus, his son, smarter than the people who had testimony now what Jesus had done for them. And he's telling them, this is what hypocrisy looks like. You throw all over you, walk all over you, you know. And you know more because you've experienced more than they have. They ever will because you've experienced the power of God and they haven't. You know, there's that forever learning, coming into the knowledge of truth but never experiencing the power of God, have a form of Godliness but denying the power thereof. This is a perfect example. Of it. Well, what is left if you deny the power of God? Inconsistency, blame, pointing the finger, Pretending to be somebody that you're not, hiding behind your title. Perfect example of it there. So let's go a couple more here and we're going to end this for the day. In the book of Luke, chapter 20, verse 20, the King James Bible says this And they watched him and sent forth spies which should frame themselves just men that they might take hold of his words. That so they might deliver him unto the power and authority of the governors. Now he, now this is so hypocritical because they sending out the Pharisees and Sadducees and the pre, they sending out these spies to follow Jesus and watch everything he do, not to go there now and be freed and experience his power, but to go in and, and appear to be something so that they could blame him, mm-hmm. so that when he claimed that he had, he had, he had healed them or delivered them mm-hmm. they can go back and say not true because I see I'm not I'm not here he, he's a blasphemer he's, he's, a, he's a deceiver mm-hmm. but see already in their heart Jesus had already saw their heart oh, yeah. and he called them out they didn't know what to do with that Come on. They, he said why, why do you why do you have this in your heart why do you why, why do you have this hate in your heart he called them out before they had a chance to spy like they were sent out to spy, Jesus went ahead on and told them what was in their heart. Yes. He didn't give them a chance to work their little, plot, their little scheme. He blew it up. Ooh. Because he had enough wisdom and power to read their thoughts, to read their mind. He knew what was in their heart. Ooh. They didn't know, didn't know what to do with him. And so instead of them going back and, and, and telling the ones who sent them out there what they were looking for, they went back and told them, all we know is he healed this person, healed that person, and they were like, We got to get rid of him because the people are going to doubt us now if we let him continue. That's right. So now the plot was to kill him, to get yeah. rid of him. And they never could do it because every time they went, some kind of way, Jesus just moved right through the crowd and disappeared. They couldn't find him. Thank you. So their little hypocrisy was exposed, you know. Last scripture, it's in the book of 1 Timothy. Chapter four, verse two, the King James Bible: Speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. Mm. Now, this is what Paul is telling the young bishop Timothy, who's getting ready to be charged and sent in the ministry, to be responsible for people's lives, and he's warning him: Watch out for those hypocrites. Watch out, you know. You're going to deal with them, Timothy. You're a young bishop. I'm. You're my son. I'm sending you out. I'm adaining you. I'm telling you right now, they're going to try to call you out because you're young. They're going to think you're unexperienced, but you were raised up by by Eunice and Lois, your mother and your grandmother, in the doctrines. And that same doctrine that you were raised up in, Timothy, that you knew from a youth, that seed is in you, and now it's time for that seed to grow and produce. And Paul said, I'm charging you now to go forth Okay, I'm ordaining you, I'm sending you out. You ain't just going out. But beware of them, 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 them hypocrites, them older, more experienced people that's been in the church 100 years and think they got the, the, on. They got the constitution on how the church supposed to function. Mm. They know more than the person in charge. Come on, they know really more than God. And so it's all hypocrisy. Mm. And so we're going to end right there this morning And uh, bring on Pastor Sharon For our comments followed by Pastor and Pastor Phoebe. So Father we thank you this morning, we praise you this morning We thank you Lord God for opening up Our understanding again, allowing us to be able To see these forms of hypocrisy That they may be familiar to us When we encounter them and we'll know What we're dealing with, you even warned us Your disciples and you warned us, beware Of the leaven of the Pharisees Because the leaven is the whole lump You even pointed out in the scriptures Lord God When they were going about Lord God teaching false and, and and pointing fingers and blaming and being inconsistent, Lord God, and pretending that they were something that they were not, you called them hypocrites, vipers, Lord God, and so father, you you even told us, Lord God, for us not to be hypocritical, not to say one thing and do something else, you want us to base everything on the truth, and that we just preach and teach the sound doctrine, it is good for doctrine, it will. Reprove, it will uh, correct, it will instruct in righteousness that we as men and women of God may be thoroughly friends and prepared unto every good word. It eliminates any uh, false, empty prof- confessions and professions, any type of sanctimonialism, any type of legalism, dogma, Lord God, and, 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 and any violation of the law that you've already fulfilled that we don't have to, Lord God, because your grace is sufficient for us. And it definitely, Lord God, will combat any hypocrisy any seeds of hypocrisy so father we just thank and praise you for this word of truth that even now is working within us oh god to to, to blot out to take out to cancel out any hypocrisy anything that's false anything that's not of you anything that's related to social with any type of false religion false teaching false prophecies and false preaching so we thank you now we denounce all of it in jesus name and we give you all the praise going go and honor for it for it's in jesus name we pray Amen and amen. All right, we're going to bring on Pastor Sharon to share her comments, followed by Pastor and Pastor Pete. We praise the Lord. Thank God for the teaching.